Welcome to the Hutto Community Church Podcast. HCC is located in Hutto, Texas, and is led by Pastor Russell Daniel. For more information, please check out our website at huttocommunitychurch.org. Hey, as we enter this uh, new series, I'm really glad you guys are here today. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Russell, and uh, today I want to open up with a story about my grandma, Bonnie. Now, my grandma Bonnie was born uh, in Alfalfa, Oklahoma, and she was the oldest of six kids, and they, were, they lived on a farm. And so if you know anything about the farming culture and being in a small town uh, in the western part of Oklahoma, you know that if you're the oldest, that means you have to do all the work. And so my grandma learned from a very early age about what it meant to put in work. And uh, she... Uh, took that strong work ethic into her family. She had three kids. She was done having kids by the time she was 21 and uh, raised those three kids to be uh, wonderful, successful people. And uh, her last job before she retired, she worked for a company called Input Output. Now, I had a lot of trouble finding information about this company. And so I called my, my mom and I called my grandpa and I said, hey, what did what did grandma do when she worked at Input Output? To the answer to that question was laughing. And I'm kind of puzzled, like, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, she didn't really have a job title and she didn't really have a job description, but she was known as the person who got things done. So when she was hired on, she was hired on as a secretary uh, for the CEO of the company. And she got so many things done that her work kind of spread over into sales. And so she ended up in the sales division. She wasn't a salesperson. She didn't have a a specific job there, but she just got things done. And so there were certain customers who would call and say, I want to speak to Bonnie. Well, so-and-so is available, so-and-so. No, I will only speak to Bonnie because of her work ethic. She could get things done. Um, There's a couple of stories I'll share with you. Back when, I think it was back when Russia was still the USSR, somehow she pulled together two 747 planes and got them chartered full of equipment over virtually overnight and got them in to the USSR, which is at that day and time crazy. And how someone who was hired on as a secretary gets two 747s chartered, I'll never know. But the, the, the most telling story about my grandma was when all of the executives on the, in the company were on the same plane a private plane that they had chartered from Houston to go to Florida for a conference. And they're all on the plane, and so they're joking, and they say, what happens to our company if this plane goes down? And one of the executives speaks up and says, not a darn thing. Bonnie is not on this plane. (laughs) And that just tells you who my grandma was, and she knew that if she input the right things, then she would get the right output. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we start this series uh, called Cultivate. We're talking about inputs and outputs. Now, we ended last week, and I really challenged you guys uh, as we talked about the the subject of humility. I challenged you guys to, to, to position yourselves to experience the power of God by putting other people first, having others first mentality so that we can experience the power of God together. Today, I want to challenge you to position your life, everything about your life, position it to experience God's power that you would be a fruit-bearing Christian. And it all depends 
on the things that you input into your life. Because whatever you input, you will get that output. It's the principle of sowing and reaping that we're going to dive into here today. Now, here's the thing about this. This series, I just want to share a little bit about my heart. This series called Cultivate. I really hope that you will take to heart and that you will do the work to cultivate the things of God in your life so that you will be a fruit-bearing person. Psalm chapter 1 and verses 2 and 3 really kind of outline how I feel about you, and what I desire for you. And it says, this is about the righteous man, and it applies to both men and women. It says, his delight is on the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Just pause right there. Do you see the input? It's God's word. It's God's ways. It's the gospel. That's the input. And for the person who intakes the word of God and who meditates on it, who thinks about it all of the time, look at what the output is in verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither. And then get this part. In all he does, he prospers. That is my most earnest hope and prayer for you as our church body, that in all you do, you would prosper. And that in every area of your life, your life would yield fruit in season. That your leaves would never wither. That's my prayer for you. That's my hope for you. But in order to do that, we have to be a people who are willing to cultivate our lives. I mean, really, we've got to cultivate our hearts so that they're soft, so that they're moldable, so that God can speak to us and that he can use us for his kingdom and his glory. And he'll, he'll make the fruit come if we'll simply yield ourselves to him. So here, we're going to define cultivate, all right, just to start off. Cultivate. To prepare and work on to improve. Growth by what? Labor and attention. And that means in order for us to cultivate our our hearts and cultivate our lives, it doesn't just happen by accident. It doesn't. It, it, It takes attention to detail. It takes intentionality behind the things that we do, the things that we put into our lives. And so as we enter into this series, our goal is to refocus our hearts around some very core things that we hold dear here at Huddle Community Church. And so today we're going to talk a lot about inputs and outputs, and we're going to talk about two specific inputs that are going to determine the fruitfulness of our lives. And as we move on through this series, we're going to talk about cultivating the Word of God into our lives. So it's not just something that we know, but it's something that is part of who we are. We're going to talk about listening to the voice of God. We're going to talk about worshiping God. We're going to talk about dealing with the the sin that that stops us from being fruitful. Like if you've ever had a garden, you know that weeds will stop your crops from growing because it's taking all the nutrients out of the soil. So we've got to pull the weeds. We've got to pull the sin out of our life. We're going to talk about the thoughts that we put into our life. We're going to talk about cultivating our lives so that we have a heart of belief and a heart of faith 
towards the Lord. Because a lot of times I think we, we believe in God, but we don't necessarily believe that he is as big and as grand and as awesome as he really is. And we want to take him and we want to put him in a, in a little box so that we can contain him and we can uh, uh, control him, if you will. But our God is much too big for that. So that's where we're, we're going. But before we really dive into the scripture today, uh, I want to ask you a question. Anybody ever wonder, like, why am I the same person today that I was yesterday? Like, I know I'm not supposed to be the same. I know I'm supposed to grow. I know I'm supposed to mature. I should be stronger in my faith. Maybe I should be a better leader, or maybe I should be further along in life, whatever that looks like for you. But I still continue to be the same day after day. My marriage never seems to improve. My relationships don't really get better. Anybody wonder that? And it's not just yesterday. It's last week, last month, last year. You look back over maybe a couple of years and you think, gosh, I really should have taken some strides forward, but I seem to continue to be in the same place I've always been. Anybody identify with that? We're, we're going to kind of look at that here today, and I want you to invite you to open up to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to look at, if you've been in church, this is kind of a familiar passage uh, that we're going to talk about today. And if you're new to church, this is really one of the most famous stories that Jesus tells. In fact, it's actually a parable, uh, which means uh, a parable is just a story that Jesus tells to communicate spiritual truth to us. That word actually means to throw alongside. So Jesus is teaching spiritual truth, and he's throwing us a story to help us to be able to comprehend what he's trying to communicate. So we're going to open up. We're going to be in, in Mark. It's the second book in the New Testament. And we're going to start in verse 1. And uh, if you don't have your Bible, we're going to have the words on the screen so that you can follow along today. And he began, that, that's Jesus. Jesus began to teach beside the sea. That's the Sea of Galilee. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. All right, so that makes sense, right? Like, Jesus has a large crowd that gathers around him. You want to be able to speak to the people. It's a great idea to just back out on the water on a boat a little bit. It's going to magnify his voice, help the crowd here. So here's, here, here's what he says. He was teaching them many things in parables and teaching and said, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. Now stop right there. A sower. Let's just speak English here. That's a farmer. Okay, a farmer went out to sow seed. It just meant he went to plant his seed. They didn't have John Deere tractors back then to plow the field and to plant the seed. And so they would uh, get a, a, an oxen and um, a plow and they'd plow up a field. And then afterwards, they go out with a huge bag of seed and they would just take it by the handful and they would just throw it out. Okay, so that's what Jesus is saying. The, the farmer has gone out to throw out the seed. And he said, as he sowed the seed, as he threw it out, some seed fell along the path and birds came and devoured it. Okay, that makes sense. Like he's, he's walking along and, you know, if you've got a handful of seed, you can't hold it all in your hand. Something's going to just trickle out. It's going to fall on the path. And the birds come and eat it. Good bird seed, right? And other seed fell along the rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately that, so that sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered. Again, that makes sense. You've ever seen a, a pile of rocks? Like weeds will grow out of that pile of rocks real fast. And so if you were to throw seed and it were to scatter on the rocks, that seed is going to come up. But there's no root there. So you know what happens when the sun hits it, gets real hot, it dies. Then other seed fell among the thorns 
And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Again, okay? Seed falls in a, in a patch of weeds over here, a bunch of thorns, and it just grows up and all the nutrients is sucked out by the weeds. Nothing happens to that. But then look at this. It says, And other seed fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. And he said, He who has ears, let him hear. So you know what happens when the seed hits the good soil it's planted, it's got good roots, the, water, the rain comes, it waters, it grows up, and, and then it forms a head of grain that has a whole bunch of seeds on top of that. That's what we call fruitfulness. Now, what's the point here? What's the point of this story? Because the disciples, they were around Jesus, they knew Jesus, but they didn't know what he was talking about. And so they kind of pulled Jesus aside and like, Jesus, help us out. We don't know what you're talking about. And so Jesus goes on to explain this parable in the following verses. We're going to skip down to verse 13. He said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. Okay, when he says word, he's talking about the word of God. He's talking about, uh, the, the, he's talking about the gospel here. I mean, when we throw gospel seeds out, what he's saying is this is the response to what happens when the word. So when we teach the word here, when you hear the word in Bible studies, when, when you are receiving the word, when you're hearing it, there are four different responses that happen. Follow along to what Jesus says. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And then these are the ones that are on the rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. But they have no root in themselves, and they endure only for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, they fall away. And others are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those, were the, uh, but those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. So we understand that Jesus is really talking about the gospel and our response really any time that he's speaking to us. And so there, there are really four responses here that we have. First one, is the hard heart. Four heart conditions, the hard heart. If you're following along and taking notes. This is when the gospel is thrown out. Someone is teaching the word. But it falls on deaf ears because of hardness of heart. So here we share the gospel. We talk about Jesus, who is our hope, he is our love, he is our joy. He is the one who came to save us from our sins, which is our, our biggest enemy, is our own sin. He came, uh, born of the Virgin Mary, lived a perfect, sinless life, and then died on the cross for you and for me. He paid the price for you and me, because that's what we deserve, because when we sin, when we uh, wrong God, when we do things against what his word says, then that's called treason. And, and pretty typically, the penalty for treason is death. 
And that's what you and I deserve. And we're not deserving of his love, but he loves you and I so much that he would send his only son to take your place and to take my place. And it's through the shedding of his blood on the cross that we have forgiveness of sins. And so it doesn't make it complicated here that, that we just believe in Jesus. See, being a Christian is not, it is not a difficult thing. It is a very simple thing. God has made this very simple for us that all we must do, do is believe in Jesus. Believe that he was who he says he was, that he lived that perfect, sinless life. He died on the cross for your sins and my sins and rose on the third day. And the scripture says, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. That's what we do when we, when we worship, when we sing. It's just different ways of confessing the gospel, that we believe in Jesus, we believe that he is Lord. We confess that to one another. That's the gospel. So when, when that goes out, there's different responses to it. And if you've ever witnessed to people, you've witnessed various responses. But the same thing is true for us as believers. When we hear the word of God, we have a response to it. And sometimes it is with a hard heart. And it happens because, well, there's life. And we have trauma. We go through broken relationships. We go through devastating experiences. And sometimes it's just death by a thousand cuts. It's not one thing in particular. It's just all the things added up together and our heart gets hard. Sometimes it's our own pride and our own arrogance and, and we get puffed up and think we can do this, this life on our own. And the gospel is just antithetical to that. It, no, you can't. We have to have Jesus. And, and we're a people who are here because we need his grace. We need his grace. And so a response of a hard heart is saying, you know what, I hear what you're saying, but I don't really care. And then what happens is Satan comes in and he takes the word away. And that's kind of, I'm going to go down to the three enemies. Enemy number one on your notes is Satan. Sorry, I'm going out, a little out of order here. Enemy number one is Satan. And he will use all of those circumstances in life, all of the difficult things in order to take you away from the Lord. He'll use your broken relationships. He'll use uh, all, all the difficult things in order to keep you from being an effective believer in Christ. He will distract you as much as he can. And he wants to use, use things like fear, disappointment, anxiety to harden your heart. So when the word of God comes to you, you're just resistant to it. I think a, a lot of times, um, no, we'll go to that later. Second heart condition, the emotional heart, the emotional heart. So we see this back in, in the word. These are the, the seeds that are sown on uh, the rocky ground, okay? Because they spring up real fast. And this is sometimes a response that we have to God. We hear God speak to us. We read his word and we're like, yes. I'm in, let's do that. And we get really emotional, pumped up. Now, emotions are not bad. Emotionalism is dangerous. And so we, we've got to be weary of that and we've got to be able to balance our emotions to emotionalism. And then um, what happens here is we lack perseverance. We lack perseverance. So we get emotional, we say, yes, I'm going to do that. But then hard times come. Life gets in the way, difficulties come, 
and we say, eh, God, I know this is what you said. I know this is what you want from me, but that's too hard. I'm out. I'm not going to do that. That's the uh, emotional heart. And, and kind of the counterpart to that under three enemies is counterfeit religious feelings. Counterfeit religious feelings. And that's the emotional-ism that can happen. And the third thing, the third heart condition is the crowded heart. And I think this one might be most dangerous for us in our day and time. These are the seeds that are thrown among the thorns. And so they they spring up along with all the weeds and all the thorns, but our priorities are mixed up. And we give priorities to the things of the world rather than the things of God. And so the things of God get crowded out in our busyness, in our pursuit of happiness, in our pursuit of wealth or riches, or sometimes it's just doing our own thing. It might be our own comfort or our own convenience, but whatever that is, it crowds out the spiritual fruit that is happening in our life and it squashes it. And and for people like us who are so busy all the time, who are working, sometimes working a couple of jobs, just trying to make it and trying to survive, this is the one that's most dangerous for us because it attacks our priorities. And when our priorities are out of order and when they're not focused on the kingdom of God, then other things will spring up in life and will steal the fruitfulness away from us so that we are ineffective as believers in Christ. And the thing that kind of goes with that, the, the, the enemy there is pretty obvious. It's things of the world. Things of the world. And then the fourth heart condition. That's the one we're after. This is it. This is the good heart. This is the good heart that is it's soft soil. When the word of God lands on it, when the spirit of God speaks to you, you receive it. When hard times come, you persevere through it. Because storms always come, doesn't matter who you are. Life gets difficult, life gets hard. But because there is a root there, because it's in good soil, it's got good nutrients, it continues to grow anyway, and it produces a harvest of righteousness. It's like the man who is planted like a tree by a stream of water, always producing fruit in season. And that is what we're after. So here today, I said there there are two things that really impact There are two inputs that we have to pay attention to that are going to affect the output on the other end. Input number one is your heart condition. So I ask you the question, what is your heart condition today? Is your heart hard because of the things of life that have beat you up over and over again? Is, is your heart just over-emotional and you get worked up about all kinds of things and there's not really any perseverance in your life and you've been into church and out of church and into church and out of church, but there's never been any real foundation there? Or are you the one who's got the, got the things of the world who are creeping up in your life and distracting you, taking you away from the things of God? Or perhaps, and this is my hope for you, I hope that you've got a good heart. And your heart is soft and moldable and ready to do the things of God to be fruitful for his kingdom. So what is your heart condition today? That's input number one that we've got to pay attention to. Now, moving to input number two, we have to understand this spiritual truth. And I'm I'm really shifting gears here, okay? So we're going to put that on pause and we're going to come back to it, come back to the heart condition. 
Now we're shifting here. We have to understand this spiritual truth. It's really like a law. I mean, it's, it's as clear as gravity. If I, if I take this ping pong ball and drop it, what's going to happen? It's going to fall down. There, there's no question about it. It's never going up unless I throw it up, in which case it's still coming down. This is a spiritual truth we have to understand. So like a law of nature, it cannot be broken. And it comes out of Galatians chapter 6, verses 7, 8, and 9. And I want to read that, and then I'm going to share with you that principle. It says, do not be deceived. Okay? So there's a lot of deception around there. There's a lot of things out there. Paul is saying, he's saying, don't be deceived. People are going to try to teach you differently. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. You can't get around this law. Well, for whatever one sows, that he will also reap. Whatever a man plants, he will harvest. For one sows to his own flesh will reap uh, the flesh, uh, I'm sorry, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So here, here's what he's saying here. This is the input-output principle, okay? Whatever you put in, you will get out. I have a farmer. Um, I don't have a farmer. There is a farmer who leases land across the street from where we live. And I love watching him, and I think it's just fascinating what he does. And he's got the big green John Deere tractor, and he's out there plowing the field, and then he'll come back and he'll plant seed. And, and the most interesting time to me is the harvest because uh, they get the, uh, the combine out there, and then they've got two or three other tractors, and they've got a, a big 18-wheeler that hauls all the, the corn off. and it, It's fascinating to me. But here's the deal. That farmer, this spring, he planted corn. And I went, and I went and looked at the, the seed that he planted, and it was actually corn. Now, it was probably some genetically modified version of corn and uh, had little fertilizer all over it, but it was corn. And here's the thing. Do you know what came up? It wasn't tomatoes. <laughs> it wasn't cucumbers. It wasn't cantaloupe. It was corn. You know why? Because that's what he planted. And the things that we plant in our lives we will always reap every single time. Let me give you some examples here. Um, in, in your marriage, if you're married, if in your marriage you sow, you plant seeds of doubt and insecurity, if you have these little passive-aggressive comments, if you are dishonest with your partner, guess what's going to happen? you're going to reap a bitter partner, an angry partner, might even reap divorce. It's going to happen, promise you, no doubt. If in your finances you plant, um, you plant seeds of investment, you know what's going to happen? You're going to reap an investment somewhere along the way. It, it, your investment's going to grow, it, it's going to grow in size, and you will reap that investment. It's going to happen, promise you, it will. Um, in your spiritual life. If you plant seeds with Jesus, if you are spending time in the Word, you spend time in prayer, you know what you're going to reap? 
harvest of righteousness. But if in your spiritual life, this is the only time that, that you dig into the word of God, if it's the only hour that you are spending with the Lord, your spiritual life is going to be pretty dry and it's going to be pretty rough. Jocelyn, I was thinking about Jocelyn while we were singing. I know she's going to be embarrassed. She's the biggest introvert in this room, I'm pretty sure. Um, but Jocelyn has planted a lot of work into her soccer. She plays a lot of soccer and she's really, really good at it. And you know why she's really good at it? Because she's planted a lot of time and practice into that. So she's going to reap that. She's going to be a great soccer player because that is what she has planted. So it's true in every area of our life. It doesn't matter what we're talking about, whether we're talking about spiritual things, we're talking about marriage or finances, input and output. There's always a direct correlation there. There is no way around it. So the question then is, is what kind of seeds are you planting into your life? And there's various kinds of seeds that we can plant. Number one, there's our thoughts. Did you know that the person who talks the most to yourself is you? We're always talking to ourselves in our mind and the things that we plant in our mind and the things that we replay in our mind over and over again, we're, we're going to reap those things. And so if you're always planting negativity in your mind and you're always downplaying yourself and saying, you, you know, all kinds of negative things about yourself, you're probably going to end up being a pretty negative person. It, it's kind of hard to stop that because that's what you've planted in your life. And so we've got to make sure that our thoughts line up with what God's word says about who we really are. We're going to talk a lot about that next week. The thoughts that you think will determine your outcome. It's an input. Your conversations, the conversations that you have with other people. If you're constantly complaining to others and you're um, uh, gossiping about other people, you're probably still going to have a lot of negativity there and probably uh, you're going to get yourself in trouble talking about somebody and it's going to come back to you. I think about... Um, our actions, the things that we do. A lot of times we have thoughts that, you know, it just kind of sits in our own head, but then when those things come out and we say things we shouldn't say, we do things we shouldn't do, what you sow, you will reap. Your inputs will determine your output. So the question is, what kind of seeds are you planting in your life? And it affects everything that we do. It affects the TV we watch, the social media we consume. I mean, those algorithms are geared to suck you in. And if what has sucked you in and your algorithms are messed up and it's, it's not positive things or if it's things that are uh, going to cause you to drift away from the Lord, what you sow, you will also reap. So what kind of seeds are you planting in your life? So we see our two inputs here. We have the condition of our heart. And then we have the things that we plant in our life. And what we sow, we will reap. So I wonder what it would be like for us to change the inputs in our life. So if you're in that place where you're stuck and you feel like you can't get out, and you're in this little whirlpool, always doing the same thing over and over again, it's time that we look at the inputs. So I think for some today, we, we've just neglected what we're putting into our life. 
And probably it's not been intentional. Probably haven't done it on purpose. But today's the day that we can wake up and, and we can do something about it. So if you've been living life without Jesus, then I would invite you to consider Jesus today. I mean, maybe you've been walking a long time. You've been trying to do things on your own and it just hasn't worked out. And you found yourself at the end of your rope. I would offer you Jesus. He's the hope of the world. There's no hope outside of Jesus because he loves you so much. He came to die for you. Why would you not live for him? Because he knows all you've done. He knows all you've said. He knows everything that you think. He knows everything about your life and more, which can be scary. But he loves you anyway. Loves you so much he'd die for you. Maybe it's time to input some Jesus into your life. Maybe you're here today and you are a believer. You're a Christian. Been one for a long time. But your life is not where you thought it would be. In fact, it's not where you want it to be. It's fallen way short of that. And you don't really know the reason why. The reason is your inputs. The reason is your inputs. See, the truth of the matter is, you are where you are today because that's where you want to be. Because if you wanted to be somewhere different, you would input different things into your life. So today's the day to change. Today's the day to evaluate, to go home, have the conversation with your spouse. Say, hey, I'm not where I want to be in our relationship. I want, to, I want it to be better. I want us to be more intimate. I want us to have more conversation. I want us to be closer knit as a family unit. I want us to serve God with our whole hearts. I want to be the person who's like the tree planted by a stream of water who yields its fruit in season. I want to be that kind of person. I don't want my leaves withering. And in all I want to do, I want to prosper. All I want to do is prosper. It's time to change the inputs. It's time to change the inputs. And I promise you, it'll take time but the output will change if you're willing to change the input. See, what I want for you, church, is to be like that tree planted by a stream of water. But I can't do it for you. It's something that you've got to do on your own with Jesus. And you've got to make the commitment to him. You've got to make the commitment to follow him. And, and as we walk through this series, I want to help you do that. I want to help you change the inputs I want to help you cultivate a life that is fruitful, that is honoring to God. I want to end with, with two stories here. This week, um, on Friday, we had a legacy luncheon uh, for a woman named Ann Cano. And she was uh, just an, an incredible woman. If you didn't know Ann, she used to be on city council here in Hutto, and she was active in, in like every nonprofit here in town. I mean, she was with the, the Rotary Club, and she was active on the, the Chamber of Commerce, and she was active with Hutto Resource Center and uh, just countless other uh, organizations. And I had the opportunity to serve with Anne, and she passed away on Monday. And we, we celebrated her life on Friday with a legacy luncheon, and, and her legacy was one of servanthood. It was one of fruitfulness. It, it was one that served and honored God in every aspect of her life because it was never, ever about her. It was always about serving others. Her inputs determined her outputs. And she was honored because of what she put in to the community. That's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be a person who gives my life in the service to God and to others. And then I think about football. Sorry. 
I don't know how many of you have followed Deion Sanders. Prime time. And I don't care what you think about Deion. I love him. <laughs> he, he's a mess and he is a show and a little bit crazy. But I tell you what, he has changed the culture of the University of Colorado football in an instant. And he's done it because of the inputs. Because he's been putting in not just hard work, but character and integrity, excellence in every aspect of their program. So much so that I was watching College Game Day yesterday morning, and he said that the, the Colorado Buffalo football team had the highest grade point average this last spring that they have ever had in the history of Colorado football. Why? Because of the things he has put into place, the inputs. He's changed them all, changed all of the inputs, and now you're starting to see the fruit of that. Their team is now 3-0. I think they won like one game last year. They were terrible, laughingstock of college football. But if you change the inputs, you can change your life. Change the inputs on a football team, it'll change the outcome of those football games and the scores. In your spiritual life, if you change the inputs, I promise you, you'll see fruitfulness. Whatever area of life you have today that you're not satisfied, that you want more, that you want to see God move in a really powerful way, change the inputs and you'll get a different outcome. So today, as we close here in just a second, um, I think one of the fastest ways to change is to pray. <laughs> because God hears our prayers. He loves answering our prayers. And uh, Chris and Laura, you guys want to stand up here in the back, please? Part of our prayer ministry team today. And uh, I tell you, these are, these are two prayer warriors. And if you need some life change today, I, let these two pray for you. Let heaven fall on you today. Fastest way to change is to get God involved and to ask him to help you in what needs to be changed. Because he'll do it. It's like we read at the, at the earlier in the worship service, whatever we ask in his name, he'll do for us. Let's change our inputs, change our outputs. Let's be a people who are fruitful whose lives have a legacy of servanthood for others and for Christ. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or visit our website at huddocommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.